0: everyone and welcome to Pixels. This is episode ooh, uh, 58. We're in May 2017 and this is going to be a very quick solo show. There isn't a lot of huge things happening uh, in the world of gaming so I figured I'm not going to not do a show. That's not going to happen but I am going to do one uh, just by myself. I hope you enjoy it and we're going to start running through all of the news first. With Nintendo, we finally know how many consoles they've sold uh, for the Nintendo Switch. And it's not a bad number. 2.74 million in March. Uh, That puts them in uh, the running for the quickest-selling console ever. Well, they're not quite there. Maybe second or third um, uh, best-selling console in the world. But uh, the important thing is that they launched in March. And usually those titles go to consoles that launch in the holiday period. So, this is a real success for Nintendo. Now, we have to keep in mind the fact that uh Nintendo is the kind of manufacturer that has diehard fans. And those fans rush to get the console as soon as it's available. So... It's not certain if they're going to manage to keep that dynamic going for a long time. And it's pretty sure that they're not going to be like overtaking the uh, best selling consoles over a year or two or things like that. So it's not like we expect there to be a wider installed base of Nintendo Switches uh, compared to, you know, PS4s or Xbox Ones or things like that. Um so it, but it's still very impressive. Uh, it sort of, uh, solidifies the, the base that Nintendo needs to have a successful console, uh, after a disastrous Wii U. So that's great news for Nintendo. I think they're now expecting to sell 10 million in fiscal year 2017, which I think. You know they can they can make it. They have a good lineup now for Nintendo. It's kind of there's always this caveat uh, that you need to me- be mindful of. Uh, they have one strong title almost every month until the end of the year. Uh, usually a strong Nintendo title. There are a bunch of other smaller things that uh, get people to you know hold off on well not hold off but like that hold people until the big title is released the next month. So that's that's a pretty positive-looking uh, first year for the Switch. And as I'm sure you remember, I wasn't convinced when they did their big presentation in January. So um, good on Nintendo. And we'll see how it goes, but I think by the end of the year, they've managed to, to offer something that is convincing enough that people are going to be happy with the product. And by the end of the year, it's going to be an actual valuable uh, purchase and we're going to have packs and everything. And so there's going to be Zelda, one of the best games ever made. uh, And if they manage to do this with Mario or at least give a really good Mario, then Zelda and Mario is really all you need to convince people to buy the console with on top of that, the concept that works of having it portable. So yeah, there you go. And I think there is one thing that relates to this. Uh, It's the... Uh, The the discontinuation of the NES Classic, which a lot of people have been saying is an error, because it was selling a lot, and they were making a lot of money on it, and the answer to this, uh, I think it was Regis Fisseme, the uh, president of uh, Nintendo of America, who was talking with uh, Time, and He understands the sentiment that, you know, this, why would you want to discontinue a product that is so successful? And I think it has to do with uh, what he says is that it has to do with resources. And he says, we don't have unlimited resources. And this might seem like a weird answer because you might think well let's get more resources (laughs) you know to to be able to produce that thing that is incredibly popular but it's not that easy i really think that there is a i i often talk about this uh with my experience with a blizzard as a company and the fact that company culture is so important and it's really hard to preserve company culture is a, a sort of intangible quality that means that the company is capable of doing the things it's supposed to do the way it's supposed to do it. And of course, I talk about Blizzard because this is what I know, but you have a lot of people that worked at Blizzard and that did great things at Blizzard and that left Blizzard and then they didn't manage to gel uh, the, the products that they were developing as well. And similarly, there are people who worked in other companies before. And when they joined Blizzard, they suddenly began making amazing games that, you know, not that they didn't make amazing games before, but not to the same extent. And I think it has a lot to do with company culture. So when Regis Fisséme says we don't have unlimited resources, I think what he's saying is our company culture is such that this is the configuration we need to be in in order to create the kind of products we want to create. And it's not as simple as saying, oh, just hire more people and, you know, grow the company. And that is a really hard thing to do. And sometimes it's it's not the right thing to do. So anyway, Nest Classic discontinued. There's the super Nest Classic that's already in the works. That's not that's not a surprise. But overall, I think they are uh, wanting to focus on their real start product, the Switch. And in order to do that, they need to make sure that their resources, which are limited, have to be well allocated. Uh, To me, it makes sense. Probably doesn't to a lot of people, but I think it's a, a coherent way of looking at things um mario kart is out mario Kart, mario kart 8 deluxe uh it's still nintendo news and just to say that you know it's one of the best-selling games of 2017 for amazon so far you know it's been out for like five days but still uh still an indicator that people who own the switch are incredibly hungry for games <laughs> so basically everyone who owns a switch is going to be buying it or almost Ooh, and by the way Fun tidbit, in case you didn't uh, see it, the attach rate for Zelda on the Switch is above one to one, uh, meaning the attach rate is, you know, the number of uh, uh, games you sell per console on the market. And usually, you know, you have uh, 20% of the uh, owners of a console that buy a, a specific game, maybe more if it's a system seller, especially in the early days of the console, in the case of Zelda, they actually sold more Zelda Wii, uh, sorry, not Wii U's, Switch. So not the Wii U version, but they sold more uh, Zelda Switch than they sold Switch consoles themselves. So again, when you're talking about Mario, Car- Mario Kart 8 Deluxe being the best-selling game of 2017 so far, that's an important point, uh, it sort of puts into perspective this idea, this this uh, this mindset that Nintendo fanboys and fangirls are in like they're gonna go out and buy lots of things immediately and in the case of Zelda they might buy you know the the game itself because they don't manage to get the console so they figured you know I'll have the game at least and many people might be buying two versions you know the collector's uh, edition and the regular version one to keep one to play you know one to keep like not even open it stuff like that so Nintendo, (laughs) I was making jokes about the Nintendo subreddit a few months ago, and yeah, that absolutely lines up with the kind of things I was seeing there. Other bit of Nintendo news is the announcement of the 2DS XL, uh, the new 2DS XL, actually, which is a version uh, of the new 3DS XL without the 3D. you know, the 2D, uh, the, the Nintendo 3DS or 2DS, uh, is a really great console. I think it still has a couple of years ahead of it. And Nintendo saying, yes, it's not, you know, the, the, the 3DS is going nowhere. We're still very committed to it. And the Switch is not a replacement for it. It's going to hold for a year or two. And the announcement of that new 2DS XL is definitely an indication that they are serious about it. But with the success of the Switch, I, there was a question of whether or not they would have another portable system uh, in the works. Well, they certainly have one in the works, but I now with the success of the Switch, I can't imagine it's going to see a release in, unless something goes horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. Um, so we'll see. But the 2DS XL is a great piece of hardware. It's about $150. Bucks. If you want... Would I recommend a 2DS XL? For some people, I guess, maybe even younger, uh, gamers, that might, that is definitely a great system. It's really outdated now. The 3DS we don't care about, as I think most people agree. Um, the new, uh, part of it is not super incredible. It's, it makes the graphics a little bit smoother, but there aren't many titles that take advantage of that, uh, the, you know, the, the updated internals of the console. So I don't know if I would recommend the new 2DS XL to many people, but for some people, it would make sense. The question is, would you buy, if you want a Nintendo system, do you want a 2DS XL? Well, a new 2DS XL or a Switch? Uh, I think if you're set on wanting a 3DS family uh, console, then the the new 2DS XL, which has the clamshell design and bigger screens, is definitely the one you want. 3DS is useless. 2DS is kind of clunky with that uh, non-foldable format. So new 2DS XL is definitely the one you want. It's coming out in July, by the way. But I think, you know, if you want a Nintendo system going forward, it's really a Switch that is going to give you the the kind of things that you can get excited about. Uh, The the new 2DS XL, the, the 3DS family has some titles coming still, I understand that, like this new Pikmin game and a bunch of others. But It's more for the back catalog that you're going to buy a a 3DS console. The Switch is the thing to be excited about going forward. So still, it doesn't mean that there aren't any reasons to buy the new 2DS XL. Uh, I even caught myself thinking, hmm, maybe I should get one. And I do have a 3DS. So (laughs) so I'm not going to, but... um, Ooh, phone. There you go. I turned it off uh what's happening next Uh, fire emblem heroes has out earned super mario run and that is something that will not surprise many people but it's still i don't know i think it's bad news um i was really hoping that if anyone could do it nintendo could manage to make a freemium game work But uh, Fire Emblem Heroes, which is a free-to-play, of course, if you don't know the distinction, uh, freemium is a game that you can download and then you play a little bit. And if you want to play the full thing, you pay once and you get all of the game. That's usually what's referred to as a freemium uh, model. And uh, the free-to-play is a game where you download the game. You can play for free for the whole game. But really, if you want to progress through it... you. If you're if you don't want to, there are degrees. You know what a free game game is. Free to play game is. I'm not gonna uh, explain to you again. But so that's the distinction. Freemium is really different. Um, and even Mario from Nintendo didn't manage to make enough money to uh, make it a better seller than a free to play game. And if that doesn't work, if that doesn't make enough money, then I don't know what can. You know, Mario, sure, it maybe wasn't the best game in the world, but it was pretty good. So that might mean Nintendo is saying that they still want to, they still prefer the freemium model. But really, I don't know that you can justify making these kinds of uh, decisions when the 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 thing next door is making so much more money. It's basically, it's literally living money, uh, leaving money on the table. And I, for one, don't like that model because it's a different kind of enjoyment. But maybe there is space for both. Maybe people who want a free-to-play game don't necessarily want a freemium game and vice versa, so you can make both and cater to both types of gamers. It's possible. I I would like this to be the case. But when the decision is, if we do this, we're, I don't know, we'll see. But hopefully the Switch, uh, or I I think I can say, thankfully, the Switch and and traditional consoles are still very much the home of full-priced, full-experience games. So we still have that going for us. And with the Switch, we can have a portable version of that. But uh, yeah, I I won't lie. I was a little bit disappointed by that uh, bit of news. I hope it doesn't affect Nintendo too much, but at the same time, I'm a realist, so I kind of understand what that means. Um, Let's go to Sony and the incredible success of the PS4. It's still uh, chugging along to, uh, you know, along the path of the PlayStation 2, which if you, you know, adjust the months and the stuff like that because i, I believe the p s two launched in March at least in Japan, I think so i can 't remember, but it wasn 't launched in the same uh, on the same date on all the countries and etc but i i can 't remember, remember that, but anyway, the point is um, it 's going really well for the p s four and the p s two was the best-selling console until the Wii, which is kind of the anomaly, like nothing did as well as the Wii. Um, And it's, the PS4 is doing as well as the PS2, which is kind of incredible. Um, They are 60 million units sold at this point. Um, And uh, yeah, the, the Xbox uh, part of this, meaning the numbers, well, we don't have them because Microsoft doesn't release those numbers. So we don't quite know. Um, But it's very likely that they're not doing as well. And it's easing the transition to the Xbox Scorpio, which we'll have more information about in a few months, uh, a few weeks, actually, at E3. Um, So that's, you know, good news for Sony. I'm not going to go into all of the earnings and stuff like that for the different companies. I usually try to... So what I do when it's earnings (laughs) season is I look at everything and try to uh, pick out the interesting numbers because I I don't want to bore you or put you to sleep with like Capcom missed on all of their games targets except for... What was it? No, even... Even uh Resident Evil Seven ended up missing even uh, oh you know even though they had a great start but anyway, those kinds of things not incredibly interesting. I hope you will uh be okay with me not going through every single one um what else? A bunch of other little bits of news. I wanted to talk about Call of Duty. Uh, Just like every year we talk about Call of Duty and and say what we think. Uh, The trailer for Call of Duty World War II was released. And holy poop does it remind everyone of... Well, it's World War II, so it reminds everyone of World War II. But the, the experience of the trailer really seems to be reminiscent of the experience of... I believe it was Call of Duty 1... The game where you first stormed the beaches of Normandy. And that was an amazing, amazing moment in gaming. Um, There were a couple of those in those, you know, first person, realistic first person shooter games. There was Call of Duty 1. I honestly believe it was one of the most crazy experiences I I had in my gaming life. Storming the beaches of Normandy, I was like, behind my desk hiding uh you know metaphorically from the bullets the german bullets whizzing by my head and my helmet and i was like stressed out of my mind it was it felt like the kind of thing that that's that could be the closest in gaming form to uh, an actual stressful war experience of course if we look at it now it's not that great graphics blah 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 but the point is uh this one seems to be bringing this a little bit closer it's when they're saying we're going back to our roots with this game it's kind of well we're remaking Call of duty one um not exactly there seems to be a lot more uh, emphasis on story on character there's a multiplayer part that is specifically designed for multiplayer it's not the single player that you can play with a friend it's a dedicated campaign um so between this, you know, the memories of actually Medal of, oh, wait a second, I think it was Medal of Honor that was storming the beaches of Normandy and Call of Duty 1 was Stalingrad and the, you know, the the boats and all of that. That was also crazy. And then Modern Warfare was insane too. But I, I so regardless of which title it was, I was very surprised that it sort of brought me back there at, at that space. And I think this might be the Call of Duty that speaks to me the most from the past five years. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to rush out and buy it. I don't think I will. Um, but I'm curious. I'm definitely, again, more curious than I was when they first said, we're, you know, we first heard the, the rumors. It's probably going to be about World War II. Um, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite uh, is being released on September 19th uh you'll know i'm a gaming uh, versus fighting game uh fan so of course i'm interested in this but i think there are a lot of marvel fans that are interested in this the graphics are kind of weird i mean it's the the previous titles in the marvel versus capcom series also had I mean, the third one i wasn't a fan it was kind of plasticky uh, looking and this one is also kind of weird plasticky looking but it also has some nifty effects which graphically I'm on the fence but it's just it seems like it's going to be a great exactly what's on the box. A great bundle of fun of Marvel and Capcom craziness that makes absolutely no sense but uh, that is just fun. So I'm hoping that uh, the title does well and I'm certain that one I'm pretty sure I'm gonna get. If only... I would like to say, if only to play with my friends. I don't know that we'll have an opportunity to do that, but maybe online. Um, anyway, we'll see. That Go check out the trailer. Even if you're not into fighting games, I think it might be fun for uh, most people who enjoy these kinds of universes. Um, Halo 6 is going to be about Master Chief, which <sighs> I'm kind of... I'm not sure, so I'm not a fan of Halo. I've never really played it, so please excuse my blasphemy. But Halo 5 tried to take the game to different areas, different, uh, you know, Master Chief was not the, the main part of the game. And it begs the question of what do these series do with... You know, there. How do they move forward? We just talked about Call of Duty, and when you have one game every year, of course, it's even more difficult. But for Halo, do you remake the same game forever until the end of time? Do you, uh, you know, try to do something different at the risk of alienating your longtime fans? I, honestly, I don't have an answer to this. I think what I would have been completely bewildered a few years ago. But I think what we saw between the the two G.O.W., the Gears of War and God of War, um, might hold part of the answer. And of course, that rests on what God of War is actually going to be. But it seems that God of War is trying to take the, the core of what the game is and sort of put it in a different setting. And what Gears of War did with Gears of War 4 was basically making the exact same thing uh, again with a different character. And that's also uh, what Halo 5 did. It was really just Halo with a different set of uh, protagonists. So I'm wondering if... And and that was... I mean, I think in both cases it was like, okay, fans kind of played through it and it was all right, but it was kind of underwhelming. And I'm wondering if the uh, answer to this conundrum isn't to take the the character keep the character keep you know the the core of what the 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 baseline of the game or the story or, or or all of that is and change the setting and maybe the even possibly the type of game a little bit um so you still speak to the nostalgia of the players but you don't necessarily repeat the uh, a type of gameplay that might have aged or that might have you know that people might be tired about and we'll see maybe God of War is going to be you know that amazing intro we saw last year maybe it's just going to be that and then the game is exactly the same as uh, as the previous God of War uh, God of Wars. it's very possible but i think e- if they keep even that that tone that setting um that we saw last year it might be enough to make it feel fresh and and interesting to old time players well interesting them anyway i mean i don't know we'll see but this the 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 idea that halo 6 is going to return to master chief um i don't know if they can do anything different with an fps and fps is an fps but this idea that they're, go- they're that they're saying it's okay guys we we get what you want it's really more master chief is more worrisome to me than anything else and Again, I'm not a Halo player, so what do I know? I have no legitimacy talking about this. Uh, Atlas has basically said, you remember that thing we said a few weeks ago about how you can't stream Persona? Sorry, um, we didn't mean it. Well, they kind of did. They have changed some of the terms of this, but the the details of the content don't really matter. I think uh, this is the company saying sorry and even more deeply if we want to speculate a little bit this is the american part of the company convincing the japanese part of the company that this wasn't cool and uh, we talked about how it probably was very difficult for them to even post that um that that warning um because it didn't make sense and i think Hopefully, the Japanese uh, masters, as they put it in the original uh, blog article, the Japanese masters have understood why it wasn't a good idea to say this. So, yeah, they've said they're not as hard on all of this, and it's uh, it's a good thing. A couple additional little uh, tidbits. Uh, Bl- on Blizzard's side, Overwatch has uh, surpassed 30 million players, uh, what does that mean? It's not copies sold. It's accounts registered and uh, players that are included in the um, PC banks in Korea. So it's people that might not have bought the game. Some of them do. And apparently over uh, in the case of Overwatch, uh, it, it, more people in those types of settings do buy the game than for other types of uh, uh, of games, other games. But many of them don't buy it, they pay per hour of um, of playing the game, and uh, it's basically internet cafes. So they count those two, it's not 30 million boxes sold. Still, 30 million players, that's a significant amount, and uh, the game isn't even one year old. I think it's going to celebrate, it was released in May, right, at the end of May. So um, yeah, that's a significant amount, and the the numbers are basically uh, not slowing down. It's just a tiny, tiny bit. Uh, but um, 15 million was announced in August, uh, I think. Uh, wait, what was it? Yeah, 15 million was announced in August. Oh, and the release was early or late May. can't remember. Uh, 20 million in October. January was 25 million. And now in April, we're 30 million, so... Yeah, Overwatch is a successful game that won't surprise no one. Um, Heroes of the Storm. Yeah, I did want to talk about this very quickly. Um, So they have their 2.0 release. They have the Overwatch-themed event, which uh, many people might be interested in. And they have those mega bundles, which you can get 20 characters for, uh, for free, basically. They cost 100 gems. And you get 100 gems for logging in before the end of May. And I'm sure many people are aware of this. So just go do it just to get the characters. Um, So, you know, you get free characters for the game, which is a really fun game. I, I really enjoy it. But beyond this, everyone knows that you should go and get the characters. Get the characters in all regions. Uh, this will mostly apply, I'm guessing, to uh, US and EU. But if you're playing in, in EU especially, go get your free characters in the US region. You know, you can select in the Blizzard launcher, you can select your region just above the play button. You can uh, select between, you know, Europe, US, Asia and oh uh, well you Europe Americas Asia let's be inclusive uh, and there's the PTR the beta all of these so just select US if you're in the U and uh log in and get your free characters then you can go and play with your friends sometimes when you have American friends um i mean i've really enjoyed being able to switch between Europe and uh the US in Overwatch i'm still incredibly sad that it's not possible for other games especially Hearthstone and uh and Heroes, and my ideal solution would be to take my full collection from Heroes and be able to play with my American friends. Fortunately, it's not possible, so at least what you can do is get that bundle, go do it, because no one else... I've listened to a bunch of Heroes podcasts, uh, you know, the usual core with Scott, um, uh, Into the Nexus with Garrett, and they don't say this, so you should say it. I'll send them a note finally if you're uh broke and don't want to play on PC and don't like Blizzard games there is a demo for Prey that's available on PS4 and uh Xbox 1 so maybe you want to go check that out Prey is a really interesting uh has a really interesting history and uh the new Prey game is developed by Arcane Studios which is a French is a French uh company they're the ones that made uh Dishonored so they do have a pretty decent street cred um at the moment. So if you want to play a little bit, I think it's the first hour. It's a weird game, it's fun, so go check it out. And that is going to be it for this mini solo episode of Pixels. Uh if so, I've heard some feedback on those solo episodes. Uh, some people tell me that they're not as good as the uh episodes where I have uh, guests, which I can completely understand. Um I'm curious to know what you like, dislike in these solo episodes. So if you've listened, uh, please come to Twitter to let me know. I'm really trying... You know, I think there are some people that manage to make really fun solo shows and that's not what I want to do all the time, but I would like when, uh, you know, sometimes I do want to do a solo show and I would love for it to be as enjoyable as the non-solo shows. So, you know, I'm not going to abandon and cut and run and stop doing it. I'm going to keep doing it until I actually get good at it. So every, you know, every few months you might get one of those uh, here and there. But your feedback is also really uh, interesting and important to me and I would love to hear you guys' thoughts on if you enjoy it, what you enjoy about it. If you don't enjoy it, I think that's going to be uh, more, more. you know, more people are going to be in, in that camp. And uh, if you don't enjoy it, let me know why. Uh, be, you know, criticism, constructive criticism, if possible. Um, what you like, is it the hesitation? If my, you know, I'm not as fluent and, and funny in English, I don't know. Let me know. I really want to work on this. I really want to get better. So uh, I'll be expecting your feedback on Twitter. Not Patrick. I'll also be expecting your feedback on Facebook. uh, If you want to go that way. I'm not Patrick on there too and um you can leave a note on the on the website uh, the website is french spin as you know so you can go there find the notes for this episode and uh you can tell me what you thought uh, you can also do that on iTunes and on any other uh, site or service you use to listen to podcasts that has a catalog um and of course, it helps people find the show, and that's always super useful. It makes us uh, rise up in the in the rankings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, if you have a little bit of time, you can do as Maddie T fourteen eighty three and Sha- Sean T Gallagher did from the U.S. They both gave five stars, saying. <laughs> um, Great listen, an outside sales guy. Thank you. Uh, Matt, Matty T said uh, he's basically traveling. He's saying, as an outside sales agent for a large travel company, I am all, all over Illinois and Iowa Weekly and the world multiple times a year etc etc thank you very much for this uh this review and sean also said this show is a great stop uh is a great stop for all your gaming news patrick beja is often complimented by a wide range of different hosts each with a unique take on the gaming industry especially enjoy the shows with daniel ahmad for the in-depth look at uh, the analytical side of the gaming market, absolutely agree. Daniel is an amazing, amazing analyst, and I love having him on. Um, we should probably do a show with Daniel at some point in the near future because uh, things are, uh, you know, the the end of the year uh, is end of the fiscal year has happened, and so there's lots of numbers everywhere, and he knows his numbers. So we'll see. That will uh, possibly happen fairly soon. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Again, awaiting your feedback. And we will be back in a couple of years. No, <laughs> it's hard to speak nonstop for half an hour. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Talk to you back. <laughs>